welcome to GYSB Talks. I am your host, Carla Palmer, founder and creator of GYSB. Get your sexy back, health and fitness movement. Over 13 years ago, I lost over 50 pounds and on that journey, I found joy, peace and more self-love. That's how the GYSB movement got started because I wanted to share with other people what I had found for myself. And now in my 50s, I'm still on this journey. And now I'm starting to navigate some of the inevitable changes that come with aging. So GYSB Talks will cover topics that will help women in their 40s, 50s, and 60s get to their next level of optimal living. Physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, and in relationships. Guys, I'm so glad you're here. Now, let's get into today's topic, shall we? Hey, what's up, sis? It's just us today. It's just me and you. I wanted to do this episode because I was listening to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Have you ever listened to that podcast? It's a podcast with uh, this guy. He's uh, the host. Is, his name is Latarius. I think that's his name. But he has different guests come on, uh, couples, sometimes singles, and they just talk about relationships. He's single. He's looking for his future wife to do life together. I believe he was married before he's divorced now. But at the end of every episode, I think he like writes a note, like a letter, part of a letter to his future wife. It's it's a cute concept and they have really great guests on there. And today they were interviewing somebody I really like, RC Blakes. I don't know if you listen to RC Blakes, but if you have not listened to RC Blakes, I think it's RC Blakes Jr. You got to look him up on YouTube. He is a pastor and he does so well with relationship advice. It's solid advice from somebody who was at one time in his life a womanizer, and he will tell you he was off the chain. But he's married now. His wife is Lisa. They're a very, very beautiful couple. They've been married for like 27 years. But they were on there today and uh, they were talking about a lot of things. I was listening to the beginning of the episode because they were talking about heartbreak and how he has never had a romantic heartbreak. He was always the heartbreaker, even as a pastor when he was dating, like he was always the one that was doing the heartbreaking. And it just took me back to um, my heartbreak. And I've had a lot of heartbreak, but my heartbreak when I was uh, dating somebody in the church. Have I ever told y'all that I used to date a pastor? (laughs) I used to date a pastor and you know, some stuff you don't know if you should share, if you need to hold back. And I thought about it and it's fine for me to share this because didn't nobody know we was dating anyway. Okay, yes, it was one of them situations. So my mom, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm a PK, I grew up Kojic. I was raised in a church, grew up in a church my whole life until I moved out. I moved out of Tulsa. I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I moved out of Tulsa when I was 19 because I wanted to come to LA and I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be famous. You know, I used to watch TV when I was a kid and I used to watch all the actors and actresses and they were in Hollywood and it just seemed so fancy. Meanwhile, I'm growing up in Tulsa, which wasn't that fancy. And it also was very racist, but I always wanted to be famous. 
I wanted to sing. I wanted to act. I wanted to be on Soul Train. And what was that other show? I forgot. It was um, oh, it's like some dance machine kind of show. They would like dance in like a silhouette behind this thing. And then they would come out. Like it was a really cool show. I always wanted to be on these dance shows. And I wanted to sing and I wanted to act. So I decided that I was going to move to California. Now there's a whole story behind the move and and what really prompted me to actually take that step to move out of Oklahoma. But anyway, I moved, I moved here and that's what I wanted to do. So fast forward many, many years. This is uh, when my son was, I think when I was dating the pastor, my son was, oh God, how old was he? I think he was like 14, maybe 14 maybe 13, something like that. But we were members at the church. I remember when we first started going there and I thought, what a handsome preacher. Hey, boo, hey. You know, but really from a distance because I had sworn that I would never, ever, ever, ever. Did I say ever, ever? Ever, ever. I would never date a pastor. Growing up as a PK, growing up in the house where you see all the things, you see everything as a a pastor's kid and then you see they go and they preach and not that my dad was a bad person I am definitely not trying to put my dad out there and throw him on the bus like that at all but there were things that you know you see and 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 all the scrutiny that a pastor's wife has to go through and all the support that a pastor's wife is expected even if it's an unsaid expectation they're expected to give to the husband especially as a first lady okay um as a first lady and I just was like I ain't never doing that I don't ever ever want to be in a position like that that is not for me that is not gonna be my jam forget about it right so when I saw this pastor I was like oh he's cute he's super cute he's handsome he's got a lot of charisma he's tall he was just an attractive man right so um there was no flirting or anything like that you know we went to the church we kind of got to know him just on the surface because we would stay after church and do the little you know kiki and with the with the other members and he would often like come around and say hello to uh the members right because that's what pastors do they need to build relationships with the members i remember thinking Wow, he's also really intelligent. I mean, you you know, people preach, they study the word, and they have a good message, and they get up there and they, you know, and they holler and do all the things right at at, at church service. But um, he was just really intelligent. Like you just started to, I started to pick up on that. Sunday after Sunday as we would stand around after church service and chit chat, right? So I don't know what happened. I remember telling him after church one day that I was going out of the country. He goes, I'll see you next Sunday. I said, I'll be out of the country and I will be back, you know, to service in a couple weeks. 
he goes oh you know where are you going and I told him where I was going it's like I'm going to Italy I'm going you know through Tuscany on a bike ride you know it's trying to you know act all fancy and stuff this is my first time going out of the country but you couldn't tell me nothing you couldn't tell me I wasn't uh, fancy schmancy so he was seemed to be impressed you know with my my traveling he didn't know that that was my first time but anyway that don't matter he was impressed with that I could tell and so um I think he had my email because I believe we had joined the church or we had some sort of correspondence with the church so he had my email address and I remember coming back from the trip he told me to email him how my trip was because we couldn't spend a ton of time talking after church it just kind of would have looked weird right so I was like okay sure I certainly will I'll do that so when I got back I emailed him and I emailed him because I had grown um, more attracted to him as I continued to talk to him after church service on Sundays so I I thought about him on my trip I ain't gonna lie it was my first trip to Italy but I was thinking about this man at my church um, at his church <laughs> And I, I, you know, I was like, I got to message him when I get back. And so that's what I did. I saw him at church and he was like, I got your email. Your trip sounded, you know, I'm going to say amazing, but I don't think he used that word. So let's paraphrase here. Your trip sounded amazing. I want to hear more about it. And I was like, yeah, you know, I would love to tell you more about it. So he sent me an email and said, would you like to go for a bike ride? Right. Because he had been paying attention. He knew that I was going to Tuscany on a bike wine tour. He knew that I was into fitness because I had shared some things about my fitness journey. I was um, into GYSB already. And I, I believe I had shared that I had a health and fitness movement. He just knew I was into fitness. Okay. He knew I was in the fitness. He knew what my little sweet spot was. He knew that um, I would find that very cute if he asked me for a bike on a bike ride. I don't even know if this, this man had a bike, but I know he showed up with a bike because I did say yes, if you're wondering. I said yes. I was like, absolutely. Um, and it, But it took me a while to say yes because I remember thinking when I got the email is this pastor asking me out on a date? Because that's not what the email really said. He didn't say this is a date. He just said, would you like to go for a bike ride? Now, I know he looked good. He know I look good. So I'm kind of assuming might be a little interested. Okay, so I remember calling my mom. I was like, mom, I think the pastor asked me out. And my mom had already seen him because she had visited L.A. and we had gone to church. And I remember after church when she had visited that one time, she said, he is really handsome. He's single? And I said, yeah, he's single. She said, has he ever been married? I said, no, he ain't ever been married. She said, well, what's up with that? I said, I don't know. And at the time, I mean... I wasn't trying to be the first lady, so I wasn't really concerning myself with that much, right? But then I remember going on my my, my bike wine tour and, and having thoughts about this pastor while I was gone and then coming back and getting that email. And then I had to be honest with myself. Girl, you kind of like the man, okay? There's something about him that you are interested in and you want to find out more. And so when I called my mom and I was like, I think the pastor just asked me out. She said, why do you think the pastor asked you out? I said, because I got an email asking me if I wanted to go on a bike ride. And I'm not trying to think too far into it, but I 
think the pastor asked me out. She said, well, what you going to do? I said, I don't know. What should I do? She said, well, it's just a bike ride. It's not like the man is asking you to marry him. And I said, you right. You right, mama, you right. I think I'm going to go. She said, yeah, just go. Have a good time. And, you know, I think there was something like underneath there. My mom kind of was, was rooting for it, especially, you know, since she was a pastor's wife. Um, I think she was just kind of rooting for it, even if it was a, a subconscious rooting. I think that she was rooting for it. So anyway, we ended up going on a bike ride and we ended up spending the whole day together. We had planned to just kind of do like a morning bike ride along the beach, get some breakfast and then come on back. But we spent the whole entire day together. And I remember ending that day going, I really like this man. You know how you think you in love? <laughs> Even in your 40s and 50s, you be thinking you in love. It's not love, but sometimes it just feels like that. You just kind of let it flow, right? And I remember thinking that I really like him. I would love to see him again. And I know he would like to see me again too because the the energy was, was right. It was the same on both ends. You could just feel it, right? So anyway, we ended up, you know, connecting on a deeper level and actually dating, I like the fact, though, I will say this, and I'll never say his name, but I will say this. I like the fact that he was a person who wasn't faking the funk in the pulpit. We were not sleeping together. And that that was great. I really did like that part of the relationship. But the reason why I'm telling this story is because it was a, it was a very uh, selfish, one-sided relationship that... I found myself in and in hindsight it wasn't cool but I justified it you know how we do things we justify things because somebody tells us this is why this is this way and because we like them we say oh okay I understand that makes sense and it really don't be making sense but you're like oh okay that makes sense so let me tell you the reason why we had to remain um down low like uh, in a private private way even though I was a member of his church and we were dating dating okay so we had to keep it on the low because he said he had made a vow to uh, himself that he would not date people in his membership right and there was just something about me (laughs) there was just something about your girl you know what I'm saying There's just something about me that made him decide that I was worth stepping outside of what he had committed to himself. Um, You know, they talk the talk. You feel really special and you're like, oh my God, I'm so bomb. I'm so worth it. I'm so worth it. This is, this is, this is right. This is the right thing to do. And because he has, you know, moved away from what he committed to as far as not dating the people in his church and he wants to make sure that you know this is right and we need to give it some time before we are public with this relationship you understand oh yeah I I totally understand yes absolutely and so we dated for months for months and then there would be like events at the church and 
you know, I would act like I was just there, like all the other members um, participating in the events, um, small groups. I had the nerve to be leading somebody's small group. I ain't got no business leading anybody's small group. Actually, I had no business dating no pastor, but that's another story for another day. But I was trying, I was trying to like kind of ease into like, oh, what would it be to be like a first lady? Okay, well, what will my mama do? You know, I started asking myself things like that because my mom is like the ultimate first lady, okay? I, I can't even follow in them footsteps. She's just on a whole nother level. But I was always asking myself, like, what will my mother do? What's the right thing to do? Like, what would a first lady do? Like, I was practicing, right? Because he was calling me wifey, you know? And I was just, I was buying into this. I was buying into this because, one, he was a pastor. And two, because it was something that I really wanted. Right. I was, it was in, it was at a moment at a time when I had gotten out of that other relationship that I was in with the cheater and I started my health and fitness movement. And I thought I'm good. Like I can, I can date again. Things will be, you know, different because I know how to set my boundaries. I know what I won't tolerate. And sometimes you be thinking you are ready and you ain't quite ready. Right. And then you find yourself in a situation where you're not really getting your needs met you're not really fulfilled and you are telling yourself that you are when you're really not and you it's just it's just not a good place to be in and I was easily like kind of moving into that space again with this person we never went anywhere I wanted to go um when it came to restaurants uh, when it came to like doing we you know hiking he didn't like to hike like it, everything was around him and everything was around church for him and everything was around his schedule and what he didn't want to do and what he needed and I just fell into that and I think part of that was because of what I saw when I was growing up again no shade to my parents I ain't never throwing my parents under the bus I'm never throwing shade but I can kind of share some of what I saw and what I saw was my mother was very much into you know her husband being the head of the household um she was very submissive you know just very in a biblical way um but a lot of times what I what I saw from my perspective and of course she has her own perspective and that's her business um but from my perspective I looked at it as um hmm I looked at it like is she really doing the things that she wants to do or is it more about the things that he wants to do and what he needs her to do because he's running a church and things have to be a certain way because he's the pastor Right. And, you know, it would be like things like I'll give you an example. Like if I came home to visit from L.A. and I had on shorts and I went to the mall and my shorts were really short and then I would come home from the mall. Maybe he didn't see me leave and I'm visiting from L.A. in Oklahoma and I would come home and he would say, did you go to the mall like that? Did you wear those to the mall? I know you didn't wear those to the mall. And I would be like, I did, you know, and I had sassy pants. I was sassy because I didn't live there anymore. And I remember him saying, like, you are not going to be out here embarrassing me like that. Right. So it was like those kinds of things that I had to go through as his daughter. And I can just I can only imagine what it was like to be a first lady. So um, I say all of that to say, like, 
I didn't necessarily like want to sign up for that, but I really liked this guy and I just, it just kind of like happened to where I started kind of falling into, okay, well, this is what he wants to do. Oh, this is really important. Oh, he's got to study for his sermon on Sunday. Oh, he got to do this. Oh, I can't go to that because, you know, then people will know we're together and he doesn't want, you know, people knowing that we're dating yet because, you know, he's going to, you know, come out with it at some point, but right now is not the right time. Like I just allowed this to go on and on and on. And there were a couple of things that happened while we were dating. I remember it was, um, one Sunday after church and my son really liked him, right? They bonded. He would come over and talk to my son and my son just kind of like looked up to him. I mean, not in a way like, Oh my dad, that's my dad. Cause my son, you know, has his own dad, but in a way that this guy is smart, he's cool, like he's a good speaker. I like the dude, like in that kind of way, right? So he'd come over, I, I would attempt to make dinner. I ain't no cook. I ain't never like acted like I'm some bomb cook, but I would at least try because I, you know, I was being called wifey. So I had to like try to, you know, fulfill the wifey role before I was married. Um, so I was like trying to make food and stuff. And it, like I said, it wasn't the greatest food, but I was trying. So I remember one night he came over for dinner. He was over pretty late. We were like, I fixed the table outside. We were eating outside by the fireplace. I had a little fire pit. You know, we had like a really good, I'm going to say family dinner because that's how we were treated. Um, like we were a little family. And so I remember after church that Sunday, he had a good word and we were just so happy because he had, you know, come over the night before and hung out for so long. And then after church, he was making his rounds to people and I was making my rounds and saying hello to people, you know, cause I had to practice cause I was going at one point, at some point be out. We were going to be out and we were going to be together and we were going to get married and I was going to be the first lady at that church. So I was in, in route, like walking around and saying hello to people and making sure that they knew how kind I was. Um, so he comes over to me and Saint and he says, Hey, little guy, how you doing? My son was looking out of the corner of his eye like, just, man, just say hi, little guy, how you doing? So I'm adding up. So, you know, my son, he's smart. So he's like, oh, I'm doing okay. You know, he played the game or whatever. Hey, Sister Carla, how you doing, Sister Carla? I'm good. <laughs> I, I'm good. I'm good. Great to see you. Okay, well, we're going to go now. <laughs> we're going to go to lunch, whatever. So we left and as we're walking to the car, my son looks at me and he was like, he was just over our house last night and now I'm, hey, you know, or little guy, whatever he said, and, and your sister Carla, he was like, that's not cool. Like, just called it out. And that's the thing that I really appreciate about my son and still appreciate about my son is my son will call things out. And I felt so stupid. I felt so stupid. Like so often we don't think our kids are paying attention and we don't think they're picking up on things. They ain't put, picking up what people are putting down, but they are. They always are. My son was picking up what, what the cheater was putting down the whole time. And he wasn't saying much. And then this time he was just like, you know what? <laughs> that didn't feel good. I don't know how you felt about it, but that didn't feel good to me. And so I, um, I thought about that. I processed through that, you know, when we got home, I, I think I actually like brought it up to him, the guy, the pastor, 
uh, when we finally did connect. And we didn't do a lot of talking on Sunday nights, you know, because he was really tired on Sundays. So he needed to rest after, you know, preaching a couple of sermons. So that was like not a good time for us to connect. We could, you know, try to connect the day after or maybe later in that evening. I would get like a good night text or something like that. And I was rolling with it. <laughs> I was rolling with it. All right. So um, then there was an event, you know, they do like the, the pastor's anniversary, right? And because this guy isn't married, there's no first lady sitting up there. And for those of you who aren't uh, in the church, uh, there are annual pastor and wife anniversaries where the pastor and wife are celebrated. There are lots of festivities. There are guest churches that come and they, you know, speak a word and they have uh, time on the mic. There are choir members who, you know, have things to say and choirs, they come and they do like a guest song. Like there's, it's a big to do. Sometimes there are gifts that are given to the pastor and, and the first lady um, at these anniversaries. It's, it's kind of cool. I remember I really liked that as a kid. So it was a pastor, pastor's anniversary, not pastor and wife, because it wasn't a wife. And he's sitting up there and some of his pastor friends, you know, of course they were there, they were invited. Pastors usually hang out together. So his friends uh, came and I remember one pastor getting up there and it was kind of like a roast. Like he was saying, I don't know when such and such is going to get married. One of these days he's going to find him, you know, somebody special. Like all the things that would really hurt they really hurt if a woman was being quiet, sitting in the audience, allowing herself to be dim because it was the right thing to do, she thought, because of his position and what made sense for the church at the time. So I had to sit there and it was so painful to sit there knowing that he and I were what I thought a good item you know and I was just being patient and waiting for the right moment the right time because it was coming I think I don't know when but and I would ask when and I would always get it's gonna happen it's it's, just be patient be patient wifey be patient Uh, it never happened but I tell you this after that event I just remember thinking I don't want to do this and I walked out of that um that anniversary once it was over I left in like two seconds I didn't say hi to anybody and I knew some of the the um a couple of the pastors who were there because we had you know gone out to dinner and stuff like that with them um because his friends knew you know pastors they keep each other's secrets and I hate to say that but they do they keep each other's I don't even want to say secrets, but I was a secret. Let's just call it what it is, okay? It was a secret. I was a secret, and some of his friends knew, but that was it. And the friends who did know, they kept their mouths shut because that's just how it works. And, uh, you know, as I look back, right after we broke up, I was so embarrassed because I really believe that those men who were his friends who were pastors they knew we weren't gonna be together they knew that uh, I don't know why I'm getting emotional right now um, you know sometimes you think you healed from things and you're not quite healed from things but um they knew they I, I was just a dang fool I was just a 
darn fool the whole time. The whole time. They knew that I was never going to be the first lady. They knew that that man was never going to wife me up. They knew that I was just something to do for the moment. And I was just playing along like a fool. Um, so anyway, long story short, I know it's been a while. I've been talking for a minute. Long story short, it didn't work out. <laughs> didn't work out for a few reasons, but it didn't work out. We ended up breaking up. I think we stayed together almost a year. Um, but I tell that story because I want y'all to know, you know, a lot of times people see me dancing around on Instagram and, you know, living my best life. I've been through some things. I've been through some things. I'm not quite healed from everything. Like I said, I just got emotional. Still am right now sharing this story. But maybe somebody out there listening is uh, a secret. (laughs) Uh, Maybe somebody out there is in a situation ship. A situation where they are not being uh, respected. They are not getting their needs met. They are not fulfilled in that relationship. They are making sure that the man or the woman is getting everything that they need, but they're not fulfilled, but they're still hanging in there because maybe there are some promises that are being told, promised. Maybe there is uh, a feeling of this is just as good as it gets and things are going to get better. Um, later on this is as good as it gets right now things are going to get better later on when that person is ready but I'm going to hang in there I'm going to be patient let me tell you something how you being treated right now is how you're going to be treated the whole time and that's my opinion you may not agree that's fine too but they're showing you who they are they're showing you what that relationship is going to be like the entire time If you do get an opportunity, the wonderful opportunity of coming out of the darkness (laughs) and not being a secret anymore and and people knowing who you are, like, why did they keep you a secret for so long? Right? And how did you feel when you were asked to do that? It didn't feel great, right? So just be mindful, like just be careful and make sure when you are dating that you have your values and that you have your self-worth intact, that you have a deep, deep love for self. And like I said, I had gotten out of that relationship with the cheater. I had lost my my weight. I thought I was good. And it just, I just wasn't as good as I thought I was because had I been as good as I thought I was, I wouldn't have found myself in that situation. And I wouldn't. I would have walked away from that. I would have been like, you know what? Uh, this is That's not a good fit for me. That's not what I want. And I was trying to force something that I didn't even want. I didn't even want to be a first lady. I didn't even want to be a first lady. You know? But it just, it felt good for a while at the beginning. Because we were so attracted to each other. But it just wasn't worth the position that I found myself in the pain that I found myself in when I had to just operate on that person's schedule, the embarrassment that I found myself in sitting there while, you know, he's getting roasted by his pastor friends about potentially finding somebody in the future that makes him happy and that can sit up there with him as a first lady. 
why do we do these things <laughs> sis why do we do these things anyway i'm not gonna hold y'all <laughs> as the pastors would say i'm not gonna hold y'all but i just i wanted to share that story because i want y'all to know more about me and i will continue to share more about me um because i always say that you know get your sexy back g-y-s-b get your sexy back it's a never-ending journey as we continue to grow and evolve and always trying to get to the next level of optimal living and happiness and all these areas of our lives relationships and our finances um in our job our career like we're always trying to be better we're always trying to be happier we're always trying to find more joy right but we learn lessons we learn lessons and doesn't mean that I'll never find myself in a situation like that again I hope not (laughs) I hope not I hope you don't either sis I hope you are learning even from this conversation that I'm having with you today but we have to take care of our hearts we have to take care of our minds and our spirit right we have to listen and pay attention when things don't feel good when things are hurtful when we express that that was hurtful and it is marginalized, your feelings are marginalized and you're being this way and, oh, you'll be fine. Um, We're made promises when promises are being made to us that never come to fruition. Um, Pay attention, just pay attention. It is better to be alone and happy or at least working on finding joy than being in a situation where you are not fulfilled and you are a secret or you are very sad because you're being asked to be in a position that you don't really want you don't really want to be in it's not worth it i'd rather be single any day i'd rather be single any day but you know i'm glad i did this this episode and i'm glad i got a little emotional because it's just a sign that I still have, you know, more work to do in certain areas, which is why I am not gung-ho about dating. I am not gung-ho about dating. I'm not telling you, you should, you should uh, do what I do. But what I'm saying is I've been single for a lot of years and I, I really know that, um, I got some work to do. I got some, I got some more work to do and that's okay. And that's okay. And being single is just okay too. It's just fine. It's just fine. Um, anyway, there's a Q&A section. <laughs> there's a Q&A section here. If you want to, uh, you know, make a comment, leave a comment. Tell me what you thought about this episode. You can also DM me on Instagram. Uh, I'm GYSB Movement on Instagram. I'm GYSB Movement on TikTok. I'm GYSB Movement on YouTube. I'm GYSB Movement everywhere. Um, so if you want to connect with me, please do connect with me on those platforms. Share this podcast out. Please share this podcast. Like I said, I'm really just trying to be, um, I'm just trying to be an inspiration. I'm trying to share my lessons, my life lessons. I'm trying to grow and evolve with y'all. Sis, we in this thing together. I say that and I mean that. I say that and I mean every bit of it. And if it takes me being vulnerable and running the risk of somebody having a negative comment about the things that I share, so be it. So be it. All right? Because I want all of us to be better. Because we have it in us to be and have and do anything we want in life. 
anything, absolutely anything. So I hope this episode uh, helped somebody. Like I said, share it with somebody. If you know somebody in that situation, make sure you don't scoop this over there to them. They need to hear it and they need to break free. Okay, because things aren't going to get any better. I'll tell you that. Um, Again, I'd love to connect with you and um, I will see you soon. Share the episode out. Follow me on all social media platforms. Connect with me, I should say. And uh, let's... um, Let's talk about it. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what else you want to hear on the podcast. Tell me what kind of guests you want to bring on the podcast. And I will try to make that happen. I can't make any promises, but I will at least try. I will at least try because I'm telling you, if you say something that you want to hear, I can almost guarantee you something that other people want to hear too. So I'll try to make it happen. This is a number one podcast for women in their 50s. You know that, right? I'm just reminding you. GYSB Talks, the number one podcast for women in their 50s who want to elevate to their next level of optimal living because there's so much life to live. Even in our mid-life, we got a lot of life to live. And I'm excited about doing this with you. Love you. I'll see you next time. Thanks for being here. All content on this podcast and any linked blog, podcast, webinar, course, or video material is created and produced for informational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be relied on as health advice. The information is general and may not be suitable for your personal circumstances or complete health objectives. Do not use this content as a standalone resource to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease for therapeutic purposes or as a substitute for the advice of a health professional. Never delay seeking advice or disregard the advice of a medical professional based on our content here on this podcast. If you have questions or concerns about your health or medical condition, please seek guidance from a medical professional.